This episode originally aired on August 20th, 2021. Our guest today is comedian Ben Park. I'm not doing any fucking mysteries post-1910, all right? (laughs) (laughs) 19th century mysteries only for this guy. Well, howdy, Dex. I need you to solve a mystery for me. It's the mysterious murder of Blair Adams. Why? Because as a stay-at-home dad, I'm going batshit crazy and I need to know. You need to know. Have you been watching old episodes of Unsolved Mysteries? Yes, I have. Okay, well, I know everything about that case, so I don't care. We could figure that one out. I've been waiting to solve that for fucking years. Perfect. Since I met RJ, I was like, we're solving this together, RJ. And he's like, I don't know you. Something in my eyes screamed Unsolved Murders. (laughs) Your eyes scream like, let's solve an Unsolved murder." Gets his eyes scream, let's make an unsolved murder happen. <laughs> Wait, which, which of his eyes? The ones in his pocket or the ones in his head? <laughs> All right. Well, Benny boy, we got this. Dicks are on the case, buddy. Perfect. Uh, we're going to send you the bill when we're done. We'll give you a call after. But uh, Celeste or someone someone will have to send you a bill. It's not going to be cheap. We don't fucking do this for nothing. Well, that's fair enough. What are you, his stay-at-home dad? That's an extra surcharge. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a discount for saying howdy dicks, though. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Six bucks off. An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. All right, so Ben Park wants us to solve this old fucking murder. All right, I've been thinking about this one a lot lately, so it's glad that he brought it up. It's weird. Such a coincidence. The mysterious death of Blair Adams. Blair Adams was born December 28, 1964. He was a foreman of a construction site in Surrey, BC, where he was from. He was very good at his job, and he loved to go to work. That's a rare thing. Do you guys love your jobs? Do you love your job, Getsy boy? Besides being a dick? I do love my job. I work from home. I work from here all goddamn day. That is introvert times 10. That's nice. Good for you. Good move. Good move for sure. I have to get up in the morning. It's bullshit. Well, he was an alcoholic and had been in AA for several years. He was doing well with the struggle with addiction and he hadn't missed a meeting in two years. Um, his coworkers and friends said Blair was well-liked and had a cheery disposition. He was always full of optimism. They might as well did that like classic They where they always go like, he lit up a room. Like they always say like that kind of sentence. And then, you know, they're dead, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's never like, who? Blair? Blair who? Yeah, Blair Adams, not. Oh, oh. <laughs> Died? (laughs) I haven't talked to him in 20 years anyway, so might as well be dead. (laughs) Even when I knew him, I don't think I talked to him. Yeah, they never do that. It's always always a hero after you're dead. So in the summer of 1996, Blair started to act strangely. According to Sandra, uh, his mother, he was having a hard time sleeping and he started to have mood swings. When she asked him about it, he said, I don't think I should tell you about it. And that's a quote. I don't think I should tell you about it. Blair also told his mother that people were spreading rumors about him, acting paranoid. He looked sleep deprived. 
he stopped going to his AA meetings. Uh, and he was also getting more and more irresponsible at work. He was the foreman. So he had, he was like in charge of a bunch of work sites. He would leave them often without locking them in the evening time, let them free to be robbed. So he's acting out of character. Yeah. He hadn't lit up a room in the better part of a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he hadn't been lighting up rooms for a while. Fucking dark ass rooms. Every time you walk in on them. Yeah, for sure. He was making rooms darker. He was shading up rooms. Is that what you would say? Shading down, shading down rooms <laughs> for months. He was even like starting to tell his coworkers that he didn't think he could carry on here. That's another quote, meaning like kind of sounded suicidal, right? And his friends were actually very concerned about him and told him to go see a doctor. Get checked out because you're acting very funky. And he never really did. And then on July 5th, 1996, his odd behavior escalated. He went to the bank and he emptied his accounts and emptied the safety deposit box of all his jewelry and precious metals. I don't know why he had precious metals or jewelry. He just, he did. He had five pounds worth of the shit. Okay. Fucking palladium in his safety deposit box. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had, he had over $6,000 in cash and he had more than that in gold uh some jewelry like jewels encrusted jewelry and platinum coins what yeah i don't know i don't know why i had this stuff so he had he had gold platinum coins and jewelry and he stuffed all of that into a fanny pack and left the bank maybe all the heavy metal was giving him brain damage yeah. <laughs> he's like we got a case of edgar Allan pose going on over here yeah i'm already working on a cooping theory yeah <laughs> <I'm already> <laughs> <at>. <laughs> So the next day, after he emptied his bank accounts, he told his mother uh, that something was bothering him and he wanted to go for a spur of the moment trip to see his uncle in Courtney, BC, which isn't a far away drive, which he never actually ended up doing. Because on the next day, Blair got into his Chevy Chevette and headed to Victoria, where he tried to get on a ferry to Seattle, Washington. Mm. The old Chevette. What a car. Classic. You guys are too young. You don't even know what that is, but I'm okay with it. It's like a junky sedan. Like it was like the, I don't know, like a Ford Focus of today, you know? My last car was a Ford Focus. Fuck yeah, represent. Thank you, Ford. <laughs> oh, that is, that is an ugly car, the Chevette. Oh, yeah. It's a super beater. It's like a piece of shit. It's your first car when you're in high school when I was my age. When did you go to high school? 1979? No, those are no, no. Well, yeah, I guess the Chevettes you're looking, they went to like the nineties, I believe, but I, I went to school in the nineties. I don't know. Maybe, oh. maybe it was a, I never had a Chevette. I wish I did. Fuck. They're sweet. I actually love the look of this Chevette. Yeah. It's, it's cool for an old. It looks, it looks like a Hyundai pony, but without the glass roof. There you go. Yeah. Chevettes are cool. Like I, it's one of those things that it's like, it's only cool because of the time period I lived in. It's not cool now. Well, except for if you're gets, I guess, but I mean, Chevette, <laughs> <laughs> more like shit. <laughs> Roasted. Got him. Take that, Chevy. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Chevrolet. <laughs> Stock market down two points. Hell yeah. yeah. Exactly. Private dicks just tanked them. <laughs> All right. When he got to the ferry, when he was trying to cross the border, he was flagged as a possible drug smuggler because of all the money he had on him. He also made it harder for, on himself by telling the U.S. border agents that he didn't have a criminal record, despite having drug convictions and an assault charge. Uh, so if you're trying to cross the border and they ask you, you're going to have to say yes. They're not just going to be like, oh, I believe you, you know, <laughs> they're not checking today. 
Yeah, exactly. No, they did check. That's the thing. And he just lied. <laughs> like, obviously, they're going to kick you out, asshole. Like, fucking moron. We're victim blaming right off the bat. But I mean, fuck, come on, man. Think. You know what I mean? We never do that. I. It's crazy that that's where we started. <laughs> <laughs> so after being denied entry into the U.S., Blair headed to Vancouver to visit a friend. He told his friend he needed to get out of the country or he was going to be killed. So he's starting to get real paranoid. Then Adams headed back to Surrey to his mom's house. Uh, he told his mom he didn't want to be in the apartment, his own apartment. And he stayed with there for uh, stayed with her there for the night. So sleeping at mommy's house, so scared he's going to die. He's freaked out now at this point. He's scared. Well, I mean, that, that wouldn't be such a bad statement if he didn't actually fucking die. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> totally. Uh uh, the next day on uh, Jan- July 8th, so this is only three days has passed so far since he emptied his bank accounts, Blair told his mom he was going to drive south to watch the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, which is from BC to Atlanta is pretty fucking far in his Chevette, you know, uh, and then he went to work before he headed down south. Uh, he went to work to quit. He didn't go to work to work. He just went there to quit and then get his last paycheck. And then he fucked off. Then. Before he drives past the border, he buys a ticket to Frankfurt, Germany, 1600 bucks. All right. So in 1995, actually, Blair was working in Germany, in Frankfurt, building prefab homes, prefab homes uh, for assisted living facilities in Frankfurt. Uh, He met a girl there and he dated her for a little while. She claimed he was a gentleman and never had any problems with him. Uh, when authorities questioned her about the why he bought the ticket, she did say that Adams told her he was in fear of some co-workers that were back in Canada after returning from the job in Germany, but no real reason why he was scared, just that he was scared. Hmm. Hours after purchasing the tickets with cash, Adams ended up uh, at one of his friend's houses. He's, he told his friend he was desperate to get into the U.S., but his friend couldn't help him get across the border, so he left in a hurry. Wait, you're telling me a Canadian was not allowed into the U.S.? That was his struggle? Yeah, because he fucking got turned away because he had a criminal record and had a bunch of cash on him. He had like over $6,000 in cash and like another $7,000 in coins and shit. So he had like 10K. You can't just cross the border with a bunch of money. It's a Canadian with a fanny pack. I agree. I agree. They let him do it all the time over here so that they can go shopping at the Christmas tree shop. So (laughs) coming in to stock up on fucking i don't know swiffer dust pads for the winter or whatever canadians buy over here you guys are always also trying to sell a syrup non-stop it's gotta stop <laughs> i'm putting my foot down you don't want our syrup no what is wrong with the syrup no i will drink my sugar water on my pancakes <laughs> <laughs> i've never met you're a curmudgeon who doesn't like maple syrup you're a fucking curmudgeon well, when you grow up with literally maple flavored high fructose corn syrup, you kind of have an affinity for, you know, what's the opposite of the finer things, <laughs> the tra- <laughs> just trashy things. How is maple syrup trashy? No, 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 no. I mean, but Buttersworth is trashy. Oh, oh I got yeah. you. But that's, <laughs> that's just superior sometimes because you remember sitting in front of the television Watching Rocco's Modern Life, eating your microwave pancakes and Mrs. Butterworth (laughs) and not even real Mrs. Butterworth, but whatever grocery store brand your mom got that week. So 
no name just it just looks like syrup you think it's syrup it doesn't even have great a value that's what that's the, the yeah brand. you're right it's great value yeah yep. keep it sleazy <laughs> keep it sleazy i i'm all fucking i'm like in my uh high horse right now drinking my maple syrup Huh? Is that what you guys are saying? You're, you're drinking it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's out of a fucking snifter. Mmm. Mmm. A nice bouquet of beaver claw. And... What, you don't, you don't like our maple syrup? Here I am having a nice glass. Mmm, <laughs> you can taste where the moose rubbed his antlers against the bark. <laughs> you guys think I'm drinking coffee all the time. This is a maple syrup fucking swish. So yeah, no, he's having a hard time getting. Plus, you gotta you gotta keep in mind he's acting all paranoid and fucking sketchy too. It's not a, just a Canadian with a fanny pack. It's a Canadian with a fanny pack running around being like, "Gotta get across the border. Gotta get across the border. I'm gonna die." You know what I mean? So people are watching him. They're like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Hey, pal, I'll give you five platinum coins if you let me through. <laughs> but do they feel bad now that he died? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I well, hold on. Have you ever met a border agent? Because probably not. The Canadian side probably felt really bad. Maybe. They're probably still apologizing for Maybe. it. Maybe. The American side, they wish they'd killed him themselves. <laughs> I'm surprised he made it to the border. Yeah. So hours after purchasing the tickets with cash, the $1,600 in cash, Adams ends up with one of his friend's houses. I already said that. Okay. So Blair refunded his tickets to a travel agent claiming to the person that he was going to visit was sick. Hmm. So his German ex-girlfriend, when she was talking to the authorities, said that she ne- he never made plans to come visit her. So it was really weird how he was going there. Uh, it wasn't for her anyway. Uh, so before sunrise on January 9th, Blair tried to cross the border again, this time by foot on the Pacific border crossing just outside of Surrey, B.C. Uh, the border agent stopped Blair as he looked like a suspect who had just stolen a car in the Vancouver area the night before. Uh, when they stopped him, it is reported to s- that they, he had scratches all over his hands and legs. There wasn't enough evidence to prove that Blair was involved in the car theft, so they released him back into Canada. Uh, but later on, the blue stolen vehicle was found near where he was trying to cross the border, and uh, a friend of Adams's actually said he had seen him the night before driving around a blue car, not the old Chevette. So looks like he tried to steal a car to get across the fucking border, too. Hmm. Do we know what kind of car the blue car was? No, it just says a blue sedan. As desperate as Blair was, uh, he then took the Chevette to Vancouver International Airport, parked it, and rented a Nissan Altima. Much more sensible vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a Chevette. Not a that that sticks out, you know. Altima is just every other soccer mom has one. Mm-hmm. All right, so then Blair tries to drive over the border with the rented vehicle and finally makes it across into Seattle. He drove right to the Seattle airport, ditches the car, and buys a one-way overnight ticket to Washington, D.C. The flight attendants thought this was strange because he could have bought a round trip for like half the price, but he only bought the one-way. So that they remarked remembering him because of that. Hmm. And Washington, D.C., I, I looked up, I actually looked at the fucking geography this time. It's actually the opposite side of the country uh in seattle washington thanks yeah we were really confused no uh <laughs> both of us live not far from washington dc <laughs> okay uh i don't know that but what i do know is that uh more people are stupid that like me than smart like you so i'm um, helping out the listening audience my friend oh yeah thank you stupid <laughs> listeners 
Shout out to you guys. Yeah, they say know your audience, and uh, boy, does Richard know this one. Uh, Adams lands early morning on July 10th in Washington, where he rents yet another vehicle. This time it's a Toyota Camry, and he's on the road by 6.45 a.m. And he begins his seven-hour journey to Knoxville, Tennessee, which is my background today. Knoxville. Hmm. First question pops up the whole thing. like, Why travel from Washington to Washington just to head back to Washington? You know what I mean? I have a question. Which airport did he go to in D.C.? Because there's two. Did he go to Ronald Reagan or Dulles? Do we know? It doesn't. Uh, it didn't say. It just said he went to the. To answer your question, though, it's probably because he was Canadian and couldn't fucking figure out which Washington was the one that he was trying to go to in the first place. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, shit. I meant the other one. <laughs> he didn't look up the geography like I did. Yeah. See what I'm saying? He'd have been a listener. <laughs> uh, on this trip back towards uh, Knox, well, back towards Washington, which it looks like he's doing, but really he's heading to Knoxville. Uh, he actually was seen in Troy, Virginia, and he backed into another man's car. Uh, he only caused minor damage and was very polite to the man he hit. The man told detectives he was nice, but he was also in a rush trying to get the fuck out of there. And then at 5.30 p.m., Blair was seen at a gas station in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, he drove seven hours and he was acting erratically. Oh, sorry. After driving seven hours, Blair was acting erratically, saying that the keys for his car weren't working. Uh, so an interstate repair service driver, Gerald Sapp, was called to come help. So I'm guessing this is like a roadside assistance guy. He noticed that the keys that he was trying to start the Camry with were actually from a Nissan Altima. They weren't the proper keys. So he thought that was weird. And he told him, he's like, those aren't the proper keys. You must have the other keys you got here. And he's like, I don't have any keys. Like, check your pockets. And fucking Blair was like, no, I'm not checking my pockets. Fuck you. These are the keys. <laughs> and he just didn't check his pockets. Um, so Sap was like, you're crazy, you know, but I feel bad for this guy. He looks like he's having some sort of fucking attack. I wouldn't. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> Look for the keys. Do something as simple as check your pockets. No, fuck you. Next suggestion. <laughs> so he's the uh, Blair was really adamant that he get to a rental place so he can get his keys replaced. And the, and the service guy was like, the place is closed, man. It's too late at night. And he's like, okay, well, then tow me. So he tows the car to the tow, tow yard and he's like, bring me to a hotel. So he brings him to a nearby hotel called the Fairfield Inn. And then he, he ran into the hotel without his bag. So the fucking service guy even like grabbed his bag and went like brought it to him and said, hey, man, you forgot your bag. Well, thanks. You know, like he was really concerned. So the guy stuck out in his mind. What an infuriating man. Yeah. Uh, Blair's erratic behavior continued in the lobby of the Fairfield Inn. All right. So at about seven o'clock that night, uh, Blair bought a room for one night using a hundred dollar bill, one one hundred dollar bill. He walked away without grabbing his change. Tika Hartsfield, uh, a hotel employee at the time, said Blair was agitated and paranoid, acting like someone was coming after him. And the security cameras at the hotel showing showing him entering the lobby and leaving the lobby around five different times in the span of 40 minutes. After investigation, it looks like Blair never even made it into his room. The clerk tried to call him repeatedly just to try and give him his change because it's 1996 at this time and a hotel room is under $100, uh, but could never get through to him. Do we know how much? Do we know how much the room actually cost? Like how much more significantly he paid? 
she, she enough. It was probably like a $50 room. I'm thinking because she said she called him repeatedly. Like how many, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it was probably hotel policy to make sure that they get their change back. Otherwise they get in trouble for taking a tip. So the change is probably only a dollar 49 in perfect fucking Blair fashion. <laughs> way interrupting someone else's life over a minor inconvenience because everything revolves around him. Yeah. The listeners, if you thought we were done victim blaming, just wait. Oh, no. Yeah. We're not blaming Frank. He hasn't even died yet. I am. <laughs> This is on Patreon. Fuck that guy. Every everything up to this point has been his fault. I have no reason to believe his death isn't also. I, I like the I like the he isn't dead yet idea. We can bash him up until the second he dies. All right. I like it. I'm, I'm on board. He's not a victim yet. Yep. I'm in. <laughs> I'm fully bought in. Prick until proven victim. Like everything else. We were just talking about that. You're you're amazing when you die. Right. So uh... <laughs> lit up a room. Yeah, he lit up a room after he died. Every time he came to the hotel, maybe chase him down for a day and a half. Yeah, the only reason they noticed him coming in and out of the lobby is because he lit up the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, leave the fucking lights alone. Yeah, so he never made it into his room. And after this, he must have went to eat somewhere. Uh, I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, 12 hours later, 7 a.m., Blair is found dead. Two construction workers found Blair's body in a parking lot of a hotel under construction. It was a half a mile from the hotel. At first, they thought it was a homeless person sleeping one off. But upon closer exam, they saw it was a body. His blue jeans were pulled off like someone had pulled them off for him inside out. And his socks were also off inside out, laying beside him on the asphalt uh, as if they'd been ripped off quickly. Mm. Uh, His shoes were also off. But it looked like when he was dying, he took one and stuffed it under his head like a pillow for comfort. Aww. Or someone else put it there. That's sad. Lying around his body was the hotel key and the missing Toyota keys. <laughs> <laughs> so they were in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Blair also had $4,000 in German, American, and Canadian currency flapping in the wind around him and uh, in his pockets as well. One of the construction workers that discovered Blair's body was found with a one $100 bill and one $10 bill in his pockets, which was later recovered. Just let him fucking have the money. He found a dead body, asshole cops. You know what I mean? He only took 110. He could have taken the whole fucking thing. Do you think, you think he cat called the body when he found it too? <laughs> yeah. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Oh, what do we got over here? What up, sweet cheeks? What are you, dead or something? Yeah, you. Oh, you're not gonna look at me. Okay, fine. I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, just keep dying over there. Fine. <laughs> you can't hear me. Did you say one one hundred dollar bill and one ten dollar bill? So this guy only took one hundred and ten dollars off his dead body. Correct. If you're gonna commit a crime, <laughs> commit the fucking crime. <laughs> That's what I said. I would have taken all of it. Yes. I think the key descriptor was was construction worker. So I I don't I don't think you're talking about a very. Uh, very forethought individual. I don't know. I feel like maybe he didn't actually take the hundred dollars off the body. That would be funny if they just bullied him out of his yeah. own money. <laughs> that would be even better. Yeah, the cops like pass it up. And what the cops actually took two one hundred dollar bills and two ten dollar bills, and yeah. only one one hundred bill and one ten dollar bill made it to the back of the pocket. And this guy can't pay rent now. So thanks, cops. Um. So there was also a black duffel bag that contained maps. 
and receipts from his trip. So he had like maps, multiple maps. Of just the U.S. or Tennessee or? Yeah, the Nor- uh, North America. Around areas. Because you can buy maps that have like the whole roadmap or like Tennessee area. And he, pre- he had multiple maps of different little areas that he was in. Yeah, there were notes that said, not this Washington. And then the other one was circled for <laughs> this Washington. I thought D.C. stood for District of Cool, but it sucked there. <laughs> <laughs> the fanny pack with nearly five ounces of gold bars, gold, platinum coins, jewelry, more keys, and a pair of sunglasses lays unzipped beside Blair's lifeless body, untouched. That's very surprising. That's shocking. Wait no, yeah, and I'm with Rick now. Like, there's an uh, there's an open bag of treasure, and the construction worker took hundred and ten dollars. <laughs> Yo, lunch is on me, boys. That makes me think that the construction worker did it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, no, I did only take hundred and ten dollars off this guy. Here, take this. I didn't kill him. Yeah. Is that all?" And he just left, and they were like, "All right, hundred and ten bucks for a murder. I'll take it." Sounds right. <laughs> I'll lock it in right now. That's my theory. Lock it in. Uh, he was found with lettuce, meat, and shrimp still in his stomach. Uh, that's, that's how they know he must have eaten somewhere uh, in the last 12 hours. Two female witnesses claim to have seen Blair with another man outside of the Cracker Barrel. Uh, the police released a composite of the man he was supposedly with. Uh, the KPD... Uh, have also said they have never gotten a credible tip. So I'm not sure if the crackle barrel thing was ever debunked or not, but that was a tip they got. Was it um, Was it breaded shrimp? Because if it's not breaded <laughs> shrimp, you eat it more than just the crackle barrel because that's the only kind of shrimp they sell. I'm going to go with, I don't, I didn't ask that question. I should have fucked breaded shrimp. God damn it. Why didn't I think to see if it was breaded or not? That's the clutch to the whole thing. It tells us if he went, direct to the cracker barrel if he was there for the cracker barrel or he went somewhere else first i'd just like to point out that this is the uh the composite sketch so it was for sure a fucking cracker barrel (laughs) how you picked up the mic and started talking into it i like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a cracker barrel man behind me right there that guy owns that cracker barrel for sure yeah he owns a few in the tri-state area. Okay. He looks like a douchebag. You're right. Could you imagine if the police were covering for the guy that owns the local Cracker Barrel because they didn't want it to close? <laughs> <laughs> also, wait, does anyone realize that that sketch looks exactly like Blair Adams? It looks relatively like him. I agree. It literally is Blair Adams. It's like it's like someone did a composite sketch and they were like, yeah, this guy was with Blair Adams. I was like, wait, no. Oh, there's a bunch of mirrors here. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see it if, I mean, if he was as manic and wild and wasn't grooming. I mean, his... remember, it's 1996. All they did was pull in Craig and said, Craig, write up the, the sketch. <laughs> yeah. That is true. It is a terrible way of identifying people. For anyone that's listening to all of our episodes in one day, that was a great callback to a former episode <laughs> where RJ called the sketch artist Craig. But... Oh, Wow. Okay, that that was a great callback, and if they listened to the whole thing in a day, they would have known that you didn't have to tell them. Now, uh, yeah, I know. I just I was explaining it for RJ, but I was kind of doing it. No, I I appreciate it. That is an eidetic fucking memory, man. Your talents are wasted on this. 
That's <laughs> astounding. I don't remember that. Thank you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for somebody to tell me this, but unfortunately, no one's really listening. That you have the craziest ego. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All good detectives do. We should be solving actual important mysteries. <laughs> yes. Now, what happened to some cocksucker who went nuts and withdrew all of his money and got himself killed? I love how you're going to regret that sentence in a few minutes. Okay. So uh, the cause of Blair's death was said to be a violent blow to the stomach, which caused his stomach to rupture, which caused septic shock, which is the fucking terrible way to die. He, he died in pain, a lot of pain. Uh, probably got hit by a crowbar or a tire iron or a club of some sort. They never found the murder weapon. Uh, the investigators were able to determine that he died around 3 a.m. Uh, there were many cuts and gashes on his body, including a big gash on his forehead. Many wounds looked like they were defensive wounds, so it made it look like he put up a fight. Uh, one of the wounds on his, uh, on his hand was so deep and it was blackened like it had been, uh, quote, forcefully knocked to the pavement. So it's like road rash with like pavement stuck to his arm. Ooh. Yeah. So it looks like he got hit by a car at some point. Uh, tufts of his hair was ripped out. Uh, and Blair's lifeless hand is the only piece of hard physical evidence the detectives got. One strand of long hair that doesn't belong to Adams. Uh, now, I looked for a bunch of information about the DNA on this long hair. Uh, nothing. They've never said that they ever even tested it for DNA or if they ever got leads from a DNA or if they have a profile anywhere uh, about that. But I'm guessing the cops, that's like their holdback evidence. I'm guessing they have a DNA profile or something. I'm going to guess that they don't. I'm going to I'm going to play not devil's advocate, but just the advocate for America and say they probably don't have that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> OK, fair enough. What you get it's America's advocate. Yeah, I just realized that uh, you guys are the Americans and you called me the dumb one earlier. And I'm the Canadian. Wow. We outnumber you. Ground war. Do it now. <laughs> I dare you. Um, the autopsy revealed that Blair was also sexually assaulted. Uh, no DNA left over from this assault. They were very clear to say that. Uh, so they weren't even able to determine if the assault took place before or the night of the murder. So they don't know if he was like raped earlier in the day. Blair struggled with addiction in the past, but his talk screen showed that he had no substances in his system at the time of his death. Uh, now, a security guard from a nearby building said they heard a feminine scream at around 3.30 a.m. near the parking lot where Blair was found. Man, kick, him, kick a guy when he's already down. What the fuck? <laughs> feminine name, feminine scream. Poor fella. This case was featured in a 1997 episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And Robert Stack couldn't drum up anything. Uh, Robert Stack is a fucking hack. Whoa. We're going to solve this bad boy. Robert Whoa. Stack couldn't do it. Fuck Robert Stack. I actually love Robert Stack. <laughs> yeah, look, man. I think we all know the reason we all got into solving mysteries, okay? <laughs> Such an icon. You can say anything you want about any victim ever, Richard, okay? Don't ever. Don't say anything about Robert Stack. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trash talk Robert Stack, but fuck with this guy. All right. So there's uh, six theories that I kind of there's basically three major theories that go on the Internet. But there's also Reddit 
And I fucking fell down a lot of Reddit holes with this one because there's some hilarious theories. So I, I drummed together the top six and then I made one up of my own. You guys can listen to the things. We'll figure out which one we think is the best or you guys have your own, which the construction worker theory, I didn't even think of that. So that's already on the table. So theory number one, hit and run on the way to the Olympics. So maybe the story you told his mom was true. Okay. Maybe you, the Olympics were like a week away. And he was murdered when he wanted to go uh, for like a week long cross country check out the United States tour before the Olympics. Unlikely to me, behavior is very erratic. Uh, why do you need platinum coins to go on a trip across America? Uh, you know what I mean? Like maybe the money if you want to go nuts, but like the platinum coins, what are you doing with that? So I, I think that one's unlikely, but it is a theory that's up there. Theory number two is this is a fun one from Reddit. I did a lot of research on this, but it's not going to look like it in the show notes. It's going to look like I, he read eight articles. I read eight articles and probably a thousand fucking Reddit pages. So uh, <laughs> the eight articles gave us the base of the story, but the Reddit articles really put this one home. So this is my, one of my favorite ones from Reddit. This was an elaborate suicide. Think about it. He kept telling everyone in his life that someone was out to get him. Then he empties out his bank account and grabs all his valuables. Uh, both of these are setting up a narrative that he's being chased. All right. But he actually isn't. He just wants to kill himself, but he wants to make it look like a murder. His family probably looks down on suicide. You know, they're probably religious. Prudes. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, if he kills himself, he goes to hell in their eyes. I'm going to contest that only because I feel like he, I feel like he wasn't completely dumb. And I feel like if he wanted to, suicide but make it seem like accident or murder he just he has a chevette just run that thing straight into a wall or something <laughs> for sure for sure why go so elaborate with it right like but the people on reddit are saying like he comes up with this so he could like get himself robbed so it looks like a robbery so he looks like he's like died a victim right so his family feels bad for him rather than like hates him for killing himself and like the pants off thing, it looks like someone else took him off. So they're saying like, he must've went up in the unfinished part of the hotel and jumped off and got snagged. And his pants got like ripped off by like girders and his socks too, apparently. And then his fucking, and the road rashes from hitting hard on the cement. All the defensive wounds aren't really defensive wounds. They're more like hitting the pavement. I just, I want to go on record saying I fucking hate most of the people on Reddit. Yeah, okay. And I, I can agree. say that because they're definitely not on the Patreon. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They just, it's very toxic. It's kind of funny to watch if you lurk a bit, but it's not fun to be involved in. I try to like, this is like a side thing, but I try to get like a foothold in there for like unethical so we can just try and get stuff in there. Fuck, man, people are dicks. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah. I, I so not, I don't want to come off as being the suicide expert, but normally when people are, trying to do a cry for help in a suicide situation. They're not actually trying to kill themselves. They're just trying to like get attention on them. He had the attention. There was no reason for him to go through with it. Right. Oh, yeah. so what Rick's saying is he jumped off and then halfway through his fall, he had second thoughts. So he stopped falling. Which is why he didn't <laughs> hit hard enough. I have my follow. It's been very intelligent. Suicide trigger warning, but it's like anyone that, you know, downs a bottle of Tylenol. They know that's not going to kill them because that does not kill you. It's just a cry for help. He was doing every cry for help, but he actually went through with every crazy fucking thing that he did. Like, if you're thinking, I want to kill myself, and you're like, let me fly to D.C., fly somewhere else, fly to D.C., it's like, 
if you didn't want to kill yourself prior to all those flights, you definitely do now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you figured out a way to go through with it. You know, Rick, I'll, I, I, I trust you're not an expert on suicide, but you can be. Next week, try to kill yourself. And then when you come back. <laughs> okay, why wait? Why wait till tomorrow what you can do today? Am I right? Exactly. Run to your bathroom, grab a bottle of Tylenol, and make this shit happen, baby. <laughs> Please don't traumatize me. I don't need this. <laughs> on, on podcast suicide. First one ever. Come on. Probably not, actually, which is let's scary. go drink up, baby. <laughs> there's some there's probably a podcast out there that has six episodes. Buddy thought he was going to be famous. Didn't happen. And he blew his brains out and still no one's listening to the episode. And he's rotting. All right, asshole. We had seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that theory is kind of like I that's a little outrageous that he can, thought of this elaborate. I, I don't buy that one, but you never know. All right. So theory number three. Uh, which is a hit of some sort. Uh, drugs, money, sleeping with someone's wife, something like that. Uh, so money, maybe he owed a bunch of money to someone. And that's why he told his ex-girlfriend he was scared of some old colleagues that were back in the US from Germany. Uh, maybe he just fucked off from Germany, assuming that he'll never have to pay these assholes off anymore. And they're coming to get him, get him for that. You know, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he had sex with some other guy's girlfriend, you know? Sweet sexually motivated revenge. That's a real thing that happens. Oh, yeah. That usually, if a guy sleeps with your girl, you go and you uh, rape them. That's <laughs> one knows that. And then you hunt them, you hunt them down in another country and you kill them, but you don't take their belongings. Yeah. But it's a really long chase because you're also from Canada and you just cannot fucking pin down which Washington is which. So it's just sort of almost a farce. Just... <laughs> I, you know, I actually, you have, I know you're joking, but you have me on the theory that no Canadian knew which Washington was which, and they definitely went to the wrong one. <laughs> Repeatedly. That also, the whole thing doesn't even, never mind the getting raped. Like, what, I don't, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, you fucked my girl, now I fuck you. Like, it's not really a good theory, that part. Uh, but also like the money, like if you're going to kill someone, you're just going to take the money. You know what I mean? If you're, that's just an icing on the cake. You're going to kill the guy anyway. You must take the fucking money. Then it, then there's more like, maybe he started selling drugs. He did have some, uh, drug charges. Maybe he got in with the wrong people. Doesn't really explain the stomach wound though. Uh, hitmen don't typically smash someone in the gut and then make it look like they have road rash. They'll like, they don't fucking belly kill. Um, and also they would have taken his money. A gangster would have for sure seen that and been like, thanks, bud. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's really a hit for drugs either. Uh, and also, why is he naked for that one? Does the mob guy just want to rape him too? Like, but, like no, like, assume every theory is that theory plus rape because that happened. So yeah, for sure. No matter what. Then they also said that maybe since he stole something from his drug dealer mob people. And that's why they ripped his pants off, ripped his socks off, stuck their big fingers up his ass, looking for this, whatever the thing that he stole was. Is that what it was? Fingers? I, they yeah. said there was no DNA evidence left in there. So it could have been fingers. It's not like they have the shape of a dick in his ass. They like know his ass was fucking stretched out. But what if Sandra up, right? was just really into ass play and it was just like a historical a possibility. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I don't know how hard some of these drug dealers really are for them to immediately find the guy they're looking for and go, 
All right, hold him down and check his ass. I feel like that's not <laughs> move number one. And I feel like there may have been some discourse amongst them as to who was going to do that, if that was the play. No. So here's the thing, though. If they're looking for something specific, there's no reason they don't also take everything else because once they mm. do or don't find it, they've already robbed him. So if you're going to commit to robbing of his innocence, yes. If there's something so valuable that it's up his ass and not in his fanny pack, it's already over the thousand dollar limit that makes it a felony. You take everything else and you full commit. Actually, it might even be a hundred dollars as a felony in the U.S. It doesn't take much. Yeah, I, I if it's a foreign national, it's probably a felony right away. You know what I mean? Like fucking murdering someone from Canada is probably more. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Also. That's not the first place they check is the fucking fanny pack. Like RJ said, they're not going to go right for the ass and go like, well, we found it in the ass. We didn't have to check that fanny pack. Thank God. That would have taken forever. Uh, they like <laughs> they checked that stuff first or 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 they had a really dumb guy with them and they were like, check the fanny pack. And he was like, oh, all right, I guess. Oh, actually, finally, boss, finally. <laughs> That's actually maybe it was hilarious. just maybe it was just one dude's initiation. They're like, no, seriously, we're gonna need you to check up his ass. And they're like, oh fuck, you did that. <laughs> you never check up the ass. <laughs> yeah, so uh, maybe, but I, I, you know, a, a hit doesn't really sound very likely. Just uh, overall, the hit over and everything. Just because the money's still there, if you're gonna go out and kill someone and just leave all the money, that doesn't seem right. If you're going to kill someone, you're going to rob, you might as well rob, especially if it's flapping around in the wind, like they said, when he got there, it's not like it's hidden. What's the, what's the mafia situation like in Canada? You guys have a lot of that? <laughs> there's a cool show on Netflix about it. So that's a yes. There's, there's definitely like biker gangs and shit like that. And there's like, there's gay, there's just as much crime as anywhere else, man. It's not like uh Organized crime. I doubt it. I feel like when you say there's just as much crime as anywhere else, there's no way there's as much crime where you are as where RJ is. No, where I'm at, I live in the middle of nowhere. Where do you think I live? I meant New York as a whole. I'm 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 grouping you up into a category. And when I say where Richard lives, I meant Canada as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> just a broad brush. <laughs> Canada has some shit going on. It's not as bad as the States, but we don't have like guns on every corner. So yeah, it's different. It's just different, right? It's there's still crime. It's not like we're fucking all up here. Just high-fiving our Mounties going like, good job guys. Keeping it safe boys. Yeah. You hear that Trudeau? We're, com we're converting him. <laughs> <laughs> In America, you're all federal criminals because it's a felony to not know which Washington is which. So. <laughs> all right. I even looked up the geology, the geology, Jesus the geology of it. Did you? You got really deep down into the rock bed to figure that one out. All right. Yeah. You're cut off. No more maple syrup. Stop drinking. For the listeners, you can't see. He took a swig right when he did that. <laughs> I'm huffed off on sugar. All right. Uh, okay. So another theory number four. Uh, he went mad for murdering another man. This is another Reddit one, which I find fun. So. Philip Frazier was murdered in 1988. He was uh, hitchhiking from Alaska to Washington State and to go to university or whatever. But when he crossed the border into Canada from Alaska, he got all his guns taken away from him. And he drove through 
or he was hitchhiking through or whatever, whatever uh, Canada. I guess he was driving. Sorry. He had a hitchhiker with him. That was the last person who ever saw him was the, somebody they saw him with a hitchhiker. And the only reason this actually becomes a theory at all is because of the sketch that uh, for the guy that was with Philip Frazier or whatever looks exactly like fucking Blair Adams. And the, you saw that you thought the other one looked like Blair Adams. This one here looks like Blair Adams a lot. And it kind of lines up with a few things. So it makes the, the the theory a little bit more viable. Not really 100%, but there's a few things. Like it was in 1988. They said he was about uh, late 20s. His age matches up. Uh, he also stopped drinking around that time. That's when he started uh, cleaning up from being to get sober. He also was around that area. And also, so yeah, so he would have driven right through Surrey to get to where he was. So he could have picked him up along those areas. They don't really know why he would have killed him. They didn't really say that, but they say that when he did murder him, it drove him mad. Uh, or someone from Philip's family found out that he did murder him for whatever reason. And these guys are from fucking Alaska and they probably had a lot of guns. They wanted to murder the fuck out of the guy if they did find out. And that's why he was like, I'm going to get killed. They found out uh, and they probably got their guns taken away trying to get him just like his uh, the murdered son or family member and then just came and beat him with a tire iron. I like that one. At least it kind of closes a circle. Yeah. And it makes sense that you wouldn't even be looking for money. You'd just be out to shoot, kill him, fucking torture him. Like, right. Probably hit him with a car. I guess he got hit by a car, right? Uh, abdomen fucking wound. Yeah. And then hitting the pavement. Yeah. So that's, that's something I, I don't know. Well, why, is... why was the duffel bag left open? Because the only reason that the duffel bag would be open would be that somebody approaches wanted to confirm that something was or was not in there. And the minute that you see all of, you know, metal metals and jewelry, you take it. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, I don't understand the, like the car the fanny pack, the fanny pack was closed, untouched, not open. Listen, this is very, this is very important. This is very important. All listeners at home. Don't, don't listen to Reddit, please do not fucking listen to Reddit. Cause every single theory on Reddit is wildly fucking wrong. Hey, God damn it. Me and some of my friends for a minute thought we solved the Boston bombing. So I don't need to hear that kind of naysay. And in the end, you you did or you didn't? Did not. I guess that guy killed himself. But <laughs> but but it fe- we felt like a community while we were spreading lies. Exactly. We did it. I didn't actually have a part of that. But Bob would be very happy that you just said that last line. Good job. <laughs> The Reddit's uh, Reddit's actually a little interesting in different ways because people that actually knew Blair were on these forums be like, I knew that guy. Good guy. And that's all they would say. Uh, hope they ever find him, you know? So it was interesting to see the dichotomy of people just like, it was a hit. And then like the friend going like, hope so. Or like, you know, it was just weird. Yeah. Reddit's. Yeah, I miss him. Yeah, miss that guy. Yeah. So here's the prevailing theory of the uh, Knoxville Police Department. Uh, it's a sexual encounter gone wrong. So because of the way his pants were off, uh, it looked like the sexual assault happened across the street from the Fairfield where there was a truck stop and it was a known sex worker hangout. They say that Blair went looking for a prostitute. Her and her pimp tried to scam him when they noticed he was uh, had a bunch of money. Then things get out of hand. Maybe the pimp knocks him in the gut too hard, knows Blair's dead and runs off before any trouble comes his way. It explains why uh, the sex worker and her pimp wouldn't take the money because they were just scared they killed him. They didn't think they were going to kill him. It also explains the Yelp, meaning it's uh, 
actually the prostitute that was yelling, not him. So that's why it was a feminine yelp. Have we considered that the fanny pack actually belonged to the pimp? Because if you told me, uh, if I had to guess what was in a pimp's fanny pack, I would assume it was treasure. But didn't we have a confirmation that he filled up the fanny pack prior to leaving Canada? Oh, for sure. He, whoa, uh, RJ... whoa, 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 whoa. Sexually assaulted him. All right. Filled up his fanny pack. Come on, Rick. <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. Um, but no, actually, I so I, I agree with actually the, the feminine Yelp thing. Okay. Maybe there was a woman involved. My guess is sure it could just be a prostitute no prostitute's gonna come forward and say she saw this murder fuck that snitches get stitches right this dude just got a fucking abdomen blown up so i think there i think there probably was a prostitute i don't like the idea that like the sexual assault came from the prostitute i'm i'm this doesn't really add up because it's like i i I also i don't want to ask but i kind of want to know like what was the sexual assault like what are they talking about they just said he was sexually assaulted. That's literally all the articles say. He was sexually no, assaulted. I, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. What does that mean? Well, they also said that there was not any DNA left over. So I'm guessing it's anal penetration, my friend. They're not going to really like swab the corners of his dick hole just to make sure he didn't get a blowy. I'm sure he got fucked in the ass. Listen, like, all right. Happened. I'm going on the record right now. If I get killed <laughs> with a fanny pack of a shit ton of gold next to me, just swab the urethra. I need to know. Like... <laughs> What happened? Desecrate that fucking body. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> okay. I, well, I, I'm on the record right now. It's on yes. the record. I will I will play with your dick when Jeez, you're dead. Figure thank out what you. All right. I'll do that for you. I will play with your dick. Desecrate my urethra. <laughs> Another throwback to the Zodiac Killer episode, like picks it up and tastes it. Mmm. Yeah. <laughs> sexually assaulted. <laughs> Uh, yeah so maybe they just ran away thinking someone they just missed out on all that drug money they're probably pissed later on when they found out there's money flapping in the wind i don't know mm-hmm. i doubt it i th- feel like if they killed him and then he was like writhing in pain dying of septic shock they probably would have been like fuck you bud and like stomped him out and taking a shit but maybe not i don't know yeah all right theory number six uh mentally unstable schizophrenia that's that was my inclination initially. Yeah. So he's never diagnosed with any type of mental illness unless you count alcoholism to be a mental illness. Uh, he was 31 when he was murdered. OK, so schizophrenia usually hits men in their early 20s. Uh, maybe it still did. Uh, maybe just went undiagnosed. Uh, either way, you can be diagnosed up until about 40. Then it's very rare. You can get any age, but after 40, super rare. Uh, so maybe you just had a little du- a touch of schizophrenia. Uh, all the symptoms match up, right? Uh, delusions, people out to get them. He had hallucinations, disorganized speech, disorganized thoughts. Uh, and, and the other symptom they say is like other me- uh, negative mental impacts or something like that. Stupid. Uh, it just says other mental things. Uh, cool. So he could have just been mid-psychotic break and some nighttime danger came his way. People with mental illness are more susceptible to being taken advantage of in many ways, financially, sexually, whichever way, really, you could take advantage of someone who has mental illness. So maybe just had some sort of uh, mental break. And then he ended up on the wrong side of the bad part of town. That's boring, though. It is very much so. I also don't think that's the case. If somebody is trying to take advantage of him, 
or if he gets himself into a situation where someone's very clear that like this dude is fucking crazy the minute you open that duffel bag you fucking run with it yeah for sure it doesn't that's what doesn't add up that's why i immediately went to mafia because it felt like a message it was like hey we don't need this money this is not our money we're gonna just kill you but it had to be the 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 like canadian mafia because why come to the u.s unless he was trying to pay them off to to live could be could be uh there's another, I I don't fully agree with that one either, but here also, sorry, I wanted to bring up this. Uh, The fact that it's across the street from a uh, truck stop with hookers, that might tell you the price of the hotel. Sorry. I forgot to, that might give you a little bit of an idea that the hotel. Oh, so it was high class then. Yeah, exactly. So that that probably helps you with your pricing. That means his change was $99. I don't know 1996 prices, but if I'm going to throw out a random fucking number that makes absolutely no sense, I'm going to say about 2435. So that's what we're going to go with. So that means he had like a pretty substantial tip. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he didn't give like, obviously, see, I don't really buy the metal break thing either because they're so like, yes, I do. And no, I don't. You'll see why this, my theory is the next one. I'm going to say it's mentally unstable but also closeted gay dude. Now, listen me up, okay? So I'm not really sure about his sexuality. You said that like one of us was going to be irate with this suggestion. No, but because I didn't bring up any type of sexuality. <laughs> you hear me out? I know I brought up gay, but don't go off the handle like you it's guys because do. I haven't, it's because I haven't touched on him even being with dudes at all in this. Uh, so, so now you're going to touch on him. I'm going to touch on the dudes right now. Uh, in very, hopefully they're not dead. Cause I don't want to play with any wieners today. So my theory, like I said, closeted gay guy, and he was mentally unstable. So he was having a psychotic break. I'm not sure about Blair's sexuality, but I think he was at least bisexual. Uh, cause in his, his, in the 2016 interview, Blair's mom said that he had a roommate who's romantically involved with, or at least she thought they were romantically involved. Uh, because whenever they were together, they used to giggle and they used to like, have little weird secrets and then when uh, and it was just weird for her yeah but whose mom hasn't thought they were gay at some point not mine not now your mom that says something about you no my parents definitely yeah probably still think i am yeah well amongst us richard is the only one who probably fucked his mom to show her right so yikes yeah wow That's a, all right. You think that's a roast? Have you seen my mom? You you would be as lucky to fuck my mom. Quick go, quick question. Can I go ask a reputable source what the price of a, a Fairfield Inn might have been in 1996? Sure. Call. Okay, I'll be right back. Sorry for implying that you wouldn't want to fuck your mom. Yeah, why, why wouldn't I want to fuck my mom? You should be so lucky to fuck my mom. <laughs> my dad's the luckiest man in the world. I lived in that vagina. It was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want to go back in there? It was nice, warm. <laughs> you and your dad having family scraps over your mom's pussy? No, I just get in there and he stuffs me in like a fucking tube of Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get in there, son. Oh, yeah. Go back where you came from, Richard. My uh, my, my source uh, told me that it was basically the same price it is now, so about 60, 70 bucks. So maybe... You know, let's say it was a shitty hotel, 50 bucks. So he paid double. Do you have a weird trucker hooker person next door to you or something? Like, how do you know that? So yeah, my, that was my, that was my mom. Yeah. Your mom was a lot lizard. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my mom actually said, she was like, oh no, hotel prices are like $200. I was like, you're thinking of the wrong level of hotel. I think. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I average down a lot. Okay, well, that's interesting. So, uh, yeah, so mentally unstable, closet gay. So his mom said that they had a romantic. Yeah, okay, so his mom thought he was gay or he was fucking his roommate. I don't know. She also made sure to mention right in that interview that he went right back to a hetero relationship after that. So she was very much happy he went back to the hetero. Like she'd hammered that point down. Uh, <laughs> he was hetero after. Uh, I, okay, I think he was closeted if- homo. Sexual, keep going. If you're closeted and you get the escape and you decide you're going to travel all over Bumblefuck America, right? You're going to go from one side of the country to the other other side. You've already escaped your mother who's against you. Stay in San Francisco, first off, probably more likely to be accepting of you. But also D.C. at the time, pretty accepting. Tennessee, probably the worst place to go at the time. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. He he was having a mental break. Okay, I still believe that, and I still think he was. Uh, I think he was closeted. I just think he was also gay. Ergo, Richard thinks gay is a mental illness. Case closed. Case closed. We figured it out. He was mentally ill. Ooh. Yeah. So this, this is like exorcism again. Here we go. And I think he was out. I think he was out at that uh, Cracker Barrel, or even before the Cracker Barrel. Okay, he was out with a guy. Okay, he was with some guy. All right. Uh, and I think he was just having a metal break looking for some ass. I'm not mentally ill and I have a dick. I know what it's like to get, try and find ass. Imagine being in a psychotic state, trying to find some, some dick. So he probably went across the street and found the guy hooker or some other guy who is like, I'm not gay. Another closeted gay guy. And they made a move on him. And the guy fucking lost his shit. Cause in 1990, the whole uh, fucking homophobia shit was real. It's not as bad as it is uh, now as it was then. It was fucking terrible back then. You called, you called your best friend a fag. You know what I mean? Uh, words were thrown around like that. No problem in the nineties. So I think that he probably made a move on that guy. And the guy's like, wait, I'm not a faggot. You're a faggot and beat the shit out of him. Smashed him in the fucking thing. Probably hit him with a car faggot. Called him that. Drove away. Left his shit. Didn't even know he had money. Didn't even think of that. He was just committing a hate crime and killed that Oh, yeah. He could have assaulted him with the thing that he killed him with, too. Private Dix does not condone the use of uh, hateful slurs. It was only in character. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not fucking intent. I hate I hate banning words. Okay, if I was going, hey RJ, you're I a little faggot. It. This, that's I didn't different. ban it. You had a perfectly good reason to use it. I'm just helping. You know, right now, someone <laughs> at home is like shaking, and I'm I'm reducing the lawsuit. And Bob is thanking us, and I'm saving us all a bunch of work afterwards. <laughs> Listen, I'm helping you. I only have so many melon beers left (laughs) you triggered richard he's clearly a free speech guy ironically living in a place that doesn't actually protect it so oh look at that (laughs) come on down buddy he's tried to come down multiple times but he stuffs his fanny pack too full they call him out and send him back (laughs) (laughs) oh god there's too many jokes. There's too many jokes for me to take this one seriously. I actually don't have a crazy outlandish idea that I can like track back to fucking 1996 in Tennessee. I'm I'm so like abstractly worried about the, the dumb things in this. Well, there's a strange lack of evidence too. It's yeah, there's really not much to go off of. Except for like what we think, because that's all that matters. I, I got I got one. All right. So sexually assaulted um so we we've all decided we when we think that we think but 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 pirate pirate 
treasure. Okay, he was being haunted by a pirate ghost, and what was in the fanny pack was the treasure he stole. <laughs> he knew the pirate ghost was after him. <laughs> Ultimately, he met his demise at the hand of the ghost, and I guess the ghost also w- was horny. So, <laughs> so the so he got anally penetrated by the flying dutchman yes by the fly okay i was gonna say he got a dutchman from the dutchman all right so i don't i don't mean to drag this on but i I have a lot more questions what is the name of his construction company because for me i i hear a lot of things from early story and that's he had this weird dream he didn't want to tell his mom about it he was erratic at work he started leaving the foreman was his construction work company working on something that could have allowed for a robbery or something weird like that would have put him into a position where he was so nervous. I actually agree that he probably has some sort of mental illness, maybe paranoia or schizophrenia or something, but I think he just fell into a position where someone used him or abused him in a way that it pointed him in a certain direction. He got so freaked out that he thought he had to leave the country. Spoiler alert. Don't go to America. If you're fleeing another country, we are going to hunt you down. That's, that's kind of what we do. Go to, go to Mexico or Cuba or something like not to help people flee, but, you know, to help you flee. <laughs> yeah, America, they like hunting people down. Yeah, this is, this is what we do. Yeah. So that yeah. this is, that like, that's where my head has been at the entire time is I don't, I need to know more about the construction company to figure out if he was involved in potentially something shady. I did a lot of research in the, it's actually called the Indo-Canadian Mafia. And like their biggest crime was like worth $2 million. I don't think they are the ones that hunted this guy down in the U.S. because they would have stole that duffel bag full of four or five thousand dollars if their biggest take was two mil. Yeah, I, I agreed. That's more. That's a lot of fucking. But like, it's only ten grand, basically worth of stuff. But still, it's it's enough. It's not two million. Yeah, but like, I mean, U.S. mafias make like billions, right? Back in the day, they were loaded. If if you're gonna try and like work your way up. Like we, I'll tell you what, like, this is one thing to be proud of as American. We had a fucking mafia problem, probably still do. Don't kill me. I'm I'm not talking against you. I'm just saying like, you know. It's not a problem. Don't say problem. That's the word you shouldn't have said. We had a mafia. We had a mafia. Cool. We had a mafia. Awesome. Yeah. Listen uh, to the whole, listen to the whole thing before you, you decide to behead me. No, it, it, it was a problem. <laughs> um, I, I would I would wager the uh, the entirety of uh, the Italian American population is a problem. So, um, okay. So the company the company name was SS Cedar Homes. SS Cedar Homes. It's his stepfather's prefab construction company. That was the one he worked for in Frankfurt, Germany. It is estimated that Italian organized crimes has an annual revenue of about fifty to sixty billion dollars. And I guarantee you the Canadians were trying to dick measure. They would have stolen that $4,000 duffel bag. 100%. They would have literally taken this dude's belt if it was Gucci. They needed to, they needed to measure up. That's why I don't well, think it was organized crime. Big, big in Canada wouldn't be like Italian mafia. It would be like the Hells Angels. It would be like a biker mafia, like a biker gang. You know, that's what it would be. It would be more that. They had Italian mafia there, though. For sure. But they have French bikers that are scary as fuck. Oh, maybe it was the French. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They're terrifying. But is that is that what you call the tour de France? Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're Quebec French, so it's like dirty French. 
Yeah, you travel across you travel across the entire US to hit a dude with a car. Yeah, these uh, look up look up the Hell's Angels. You're not gonna they're the fucking real deal. Look up Hell's Angels revenue. No, uh, I'm satisfied with my picture of a bunch of effeminate men in spandex on uh yeah. <laughs> so we've offended the the Sicilian mafia and the fucking Hell's Angels. Way to go. Let's do one more. All right, uh, but all CIA I'm saying is, is if the Hell's Angels subscribes, they have so many members that we're gonna be so famous it's not gonna matter. I would love yeah. <laughs> hate mail from a criminal French cyclist. How dare you make fun of my pedal bike, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Ghost Pirate, Ghost Pirate's close second for me. Close second. And the only thing that stops you from Ghost Pirate is like, does is it like ghost ghost like the movie ghost where he can become solid just to fuck him in the ass or is it just like a translucent dick going into his ass and it doesn't really do any damage well it would have to be i mean how else otherwise it's just that's just trauma of the soul then you know he had actual physical trauma so (laughs) he would have to somehow form cohesive matter yeah this is a it's interesting that it was on uh, Unsolved Mysteries the year after it happened and they never got any tips or anything because uh, Unsolved Mysteries was pretty fucking big in its day. Uh, well, people are really afraid of ghosts, so nobody was willing to speak up. That's true. That's yeah. true. Do we know where on the border he tried to cross? Because double S prefab homes is located in East Newton South, wherever the fuck that is, Canada. Pacific border crossing. That's what it's called. The Pacific border crossing. Wherever the fuck that is. Canada. All right. Listen, I have not. I barely know U.S. geography. Do you think I'm going to know Canadian geography? I, I give Richard a lot of shit, but he has no idea that I don't know anything. If I didn't live in, if I didn't live in D.C. for four years, I would have no idea where it was. Yeah. I have no idea where any of your country is until I, I looked up the geology today. So now I know. <laughs> <laughs> got right into the, right into that bedrock. Yeah, I got my hand lens out and I saw. I got right in there. I work in geology, actually, where I work, so it's kind of funny that I said geology. Ooh. You sell maps to closeted gay dudes or what? <laughs> geology. Oh, I thought you said. I thought you said you worked in geography. <laughs> geology, you jackass! I had that ass backwards. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to cut you a break. Yeah. Yeah, no, we dig, we dig gold, so maybe that's no what shit. Just... You're a gold digger. Gold digger. Kanye doesn't like me. He ain't messing with me. <laughs> Is he? We're, we're dangerously close to a slur right now, so I feel we should slam on the brakes. Why? Kanye has a song called Gold Digger, and it says... Right, yeah, with- but he rhymes it with something, and... No, no, what does he run? It goes, I ain't messing with no gold digger. What's the next line? I don't know. What is it? <laughs> listen i was sitting in my head in silent like the two of you should have all right (laughs) keep it to yourself i think rj is completely right a big piece of this case is there's just no evidence for anything the guy traveled around the country and then just showed up dead in tennessee and then the police were just like, yeah, construction dude had money. Yeah, he was sexually assaulted. 
yeah, there's no, there's not a lot on this thing overall. It's the most of the information honestly comes from that unsolved mysteries episode. And then people following up on that over the years. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't for unsolved mysteries, we probably would never even hear about this. So Robert Stack's not really a hack. He's actually bringing these things to the forefront. And if anybody, honestly, uh, if Celeste wants to throw this as like a Easter egg at the end, uh, if anybody actually has any type of fucking real information for this they're still looking into this so you can contact the knoxville fucking uh police i also will i I mean if you comment i i'm on the patreon you guys see that i'm commenting if you if you leave stuff below i will follow up on it i will happily uh, this is the one that i feel like i have the least evidence for it's crazy that we just talked about dog suicides and i have more evidence for dog suicides than for this or we're confident it's the ghost because we're supposed to solve the mystery, not Yeah, outside. we solved it. I'm very confident in your answer. Yeah. We solved it. No problem. So, Ben, uh, thanks for – I know that took us an hour and a half, and that's usually pretty long to solve a mystery that's 25 years old. So I'm sorry it took us this long to solve it, honestly. So, yeah. Take it away, so- Jay. Uh, in the face of an overwhelming lack of evidence, uh, we put together what we did know. Uh, Blair, before leaving the country, did compile uh, what some might call an amount of treasure. Okay, uh, When he was found dead, there was sexual assault evidence. Um, so what I think when I think that is, uh, you know, his butt, pirate, treasure, Blair was haunted by a pirate ghost and uh, what it came down to was some kind of kerfluffle, maybe we'll say between the two of them and Blair wound up dead. Mysteriously, the treasure's still there, almost as if daring someone else to try and steal it. And who would do that but a ghost, right? So case closed, boys. That was exceptional. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's going to be more expensive than you thought. Yeah, the word exceptional actually costs more. So if we would have just done a good job, we would have charged you less. But since we did exceptional, we actually charge more for that. Okay, mediocre at best. You need to reserve all comments until you see the bill because we we change it based on your reaction. Yeah, when uh, actually, thanks for saying that, Ben, because when you backpedal, that's an extra more money. So you backpedaled on us being exceptional. That's a surcharge too. So how do I add more money to the bill is the real question now. That's a good question. Uh, Getz has many ways he can add extra to the bill. What, what's uh, something he can do to add to the bill? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just scratched your head. That was a $3 charge. So you're going to have to mail me an $8 check. Um, oh, checks cost more though. So if you send a check, you're going to have to actually send $13 because we have to cash that check. But with the exchange, it's more like $13, bucks. He figured out to wait. He he realized the American thing and figured out the geography faster than Richard ever fucking could. <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> not hashtag not all Canadians. Stop judging our listeners, Richard. Ben, one more question before you go. Okay. Do you, as a as a proud Canadian man, like maple syrup? Yes. But do you do you do you drink it? Do you drink it or do you put it on things? There's a difference. <laughs> that was a deliciously vague answer. My real question was, okay, I know who doesn't, even RJ and Rick have to admit that they like maple syrup, but do you like it more than Mrs. Butterworth's? Do you like it more than whatever the non-racist Buttersworth is now? 
<laughs> Buttersworth was never the racist one. Isn't that the racist one? Didn't they change Miss Buttersworth? They the definitely did. one sounds racist. It was Aunt Jemima. What, they both sound racist. How does that Mrs. one sound racist? How does racist? Mrs. Buttersworth sound racist? It's American. They're racist. I just watched Private Dicks, and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on. Hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're going to stick with. Anyways, uh, RJ here. I am here to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of Private Dicks. If you liked what you heard, go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere they take your reviews, drop us five stars, say something nice. Also, what you just heard was from last season. If you want current episodes as they're dropped, head on over to patreon.com and search up Unethical Podcast. That's our mother podcast. I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract. On Patreon is a full 16-episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And if you're already a patron, fuck yeah, dude. You're the best. Hi, I'm Celeste. Hi, I'm Richard. Hey, I'm Christy. And I'm Tally. We're the hosts of Unethical Podcast. Every episode, we take a humorous dive into a case study that poses an ethical question, like, should mentally ill murderers ever be released? No. We discuss what the outcomes of these cases are and what they should be with a unique guest host every episode. Richard needs some more testosterone around here. Nah, I think it's mostly coming from Celeste. Girls are mean. Our podcast is no holds barred, true crime, comedy, adult content, and definitely not for everybody. But, but like most people, most people aren't like can handle swear words and stuff, right? Am I right about that? No. No. You can subscribe wherever you eat your podcast to listen. Follow us on Instagram where we post our teasers to guess what's coming next. And join us on Facebook to get involved in the conversation. Welcome to Unethical Podcast.